Hello, everyone. Welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering The Leftovers, Season 2, Episode 5, No Room at the Inn. I am Mr. Sal. I'm a teacher, and I'm here with one of my former students, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hi, everyone. I'm Kurt, the former student. What's happening, Kurt? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of something that's happening. Um, I watched uh, Episode 5, Season 2 of The Leftovers, No Room at the Inn. Oh. I have a rating for it. Oh, let me try to guess that rating. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you won't guess this one. I'm very confident you won't guess it. You're confident that I won't guess yeah. it. Yeah, I think you think you can guess it, but you won't. Wow. All right. Well, here here's, here are the things that are going through my mind right now. I know that you have a little bit of a trend here in this season. Uh, the four of the four episodes we've watched, you've given. A 10, a 9, an 8, and a 7. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing, okay. I have six more rankings to give, yeah? And there's 10 episodes in the season. It's true. So, I mean, I could say that you are going to... You're, you're intentionally trying not to duplicate a ranking. I think you're going to have a very hard time with that. Uh, duplicate a rating, excuse me. Uh, so, I, I mean, I could say that you're, you're going to give this one, say, uh, a 6 or so. Here, here's the thing, though. Um, I think that you probably like this episode more than you liked the Matt episode from season one, Two Boats and a Helicopter, upon first viewing, but before we podcasted about it. Now, that was that, an amazing one to podcast about. Yeah, I think you gave that like a six to start out with. Yeah, six, seven. But, yeah, and then by the time we finished podcasting, uh, you had upped your rating, rating to an eight. So I think you like it more than the six that you gave that initially because you kind of know what's going on now. I don't think you like it as much as you landed on two boats and a helicopter, but I don't know, which was an eight, but I don't know that you like it that much less that you could give it a seven. I think you're probably a little hung up on some of the just absolute wackiness of this episode because because there was some wackiness oh there's a lot of wackiness (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about it's like what (laughs) so so i I think you might be a little hung up on that and probably don't want to go above where you were on two boats and helicopter and eight so i'm gonna say you gave this a seven nine A nine. Whoa! You liked it more than two boats and a helicopter. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Wow! Oh my goodness! And we have a duplicate rating for uh, it. Even yeah, even more amazing—a duplicate rating. It's it's incredible. So I thought you were gonna know I was gonna give it a nine, and that's why I said you wouldn't be able to guess it. I was hoping I was hoping that would get you off the scent. And interesting. Well, I, it did get me off the scent a little bit because I was going to say an eight, the same as you gave two boats and helicopter. But then when you said I would never guess it, I, I then I thought, oh, he must have gone low on this because. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I think this is better than two boats and helicopter too. Oh, okay, so wonderful. Yeah, yeah I, I also gave it a nine, uh, and it's it really the the only thing keeping it from a ten is some of this wackiness that I really can't explain. I love the wackiness. I do too. I enjoy it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know what that, like Brian, Reggie, like that that thing. <laughs> I know. I I almost wanted to give it a ten because I love Matt so much. Like honestly, oh, I love this episode. 
Yeah. Matt is such a great character. It still dumbfounds me that you said your first viewing of this, you you just didn't care for Matt all that much. Yeah, and, and I think I think I I think I know why. And I and I I love Matt as a character, but Matt's tri- the Matt trilogy <laughs> really stand alone so well as their own separate stories and i think that you you could probably just watch those three episodes and it could be its own little trilogy and it would be amazing it's such great storytelling every episode is is its own self-contained story it's so it's so good i I will say by accident i went to go look up the episode title for this earlier And it's season two, episode five. I still only did season three, episode five, which is actually oh. the mad episode of that one. At least they, I assume it is, because it was titled "It's a Matt, 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 Matt World." I was like, yeah. "What?" The- yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it, yeah. That and that's not an overly clever title either. I mean, well, no. I take that back. It is a clever title. Um, uh, cool. it, it's we'll a- get to that when we get to. It. I just remember I saw that and I was like, "That's the title for this episode." I saw I Mr. <laughs> Sal said it last one, and that's not what I remember at all. I would have said something about that. Yeah. Then, yeah. That was- that one for sure. I mean, I don't, it's not. It doesn't give anything away. No, so. I, I didn't read. Really, I just saw the title name and I was like, Matt, Matt, Matt World, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Formats. It's a Matt, Matt, oh, Matt right. World. Like a Mad World reference. Yeah, it's a it's a play on. The, there was a movie called It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Oh, okay. So looks like I gotta watch that movie now before I watch that episode. Uh, you know what? That would be an interesting thing to do. I've I've never seen the movie. Yet. I don't know if I will. Probably I'll just read a description on the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's probably what I'll do as well. I've never, I've never seen that. And I don't probably intend to. But at, at any rate, th- this episode is it, it is it's outstanding. It really is. It's it's a fantastic episode, and I I like it more than Two Boats and Helicopter because it does really tie into the main story so much better than that one did. It does, yes. We yeah. we learn a little bit more about John, especially. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And so good. Matt going forward, I'm interested yeah. to see and how, what he leaves the Garveys with. Exactly, and you know, a lot of this is because the the community of this the, the the park and the the town of Jarden and Miracle, like they are almost a character unto themselves in this season. Like the, the setting is almost a character in this season. And so anything that you do that kind of revolves around that setting is going to play into the main story. It wasn't that way in Mapleton, I didn't think. Yeah, fair enough. The, the, well, that's because I guess the location itself is just an important spot, something yeah. special about it. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Um, right. I mean, it, it's, maybe there's something special about it. It depends on if you land on uh, the <laughs> John, John side of things or the Matt side of things. <laughs> oh, I love it. this. This would be love Jonathan more to this episode. Just, yeah. uh, I, you know, and, and I, you know, I'll ask you now because we're at the midpoint in the season here, which is amazing. Naros, yeah, mind blows me. Yeah, we're halfway through season two, and I'll ask you at this point, uh, going back to Axis Mundi, the first episode, uh, which you originally you had given a, at a, a ranking of a rating of seven at that time. Have you thought any more about wanting to up that, or are you still no, no still seven? No, it's nah. yeah, it's seven. Okay. All right. I mean, it I, sacrificed for the others. I respect it did. that. That's a noble thing to do. But, <laughs> you know, you still sacrifice. It's not like you get to come back or anything. Nope. Yeah. All right. All right. Because I, I do go back to that episode and think about it a lot. And especially with the John character. I, I think that John's character is so well served by that episode. And he's such an interesting character. I really just a, a truly fascinating character. So, and, just in the same way that 
Patty or Dean uh, can steal, steal a scene, John does it. I mean, John, John is magnetic. So, and I love still, him. So. I still no appearance on the twins, Amy or Dean. Correct. Very sad, Nick, still. <laughs> Only on the Dean side of things. I don't, yeah. I don't, I've given up on Amy and the twins. Oh. Why do you think Dean's any more likely to show up than Amy or the twins? His tr- he might want his truck back or something. That's true. Kevin is still driving that. <laughs> I don't know if he ever got his registration or yeah. anything on that. I never yeah. saw Dean hand in paperwork. Hey. I, I honestly don't know if it's the same truck. I'm terrible at vehicles. I I'll, I like to think it is. Yeah, I do too. I've always thought it is, so we shouldn't go with that. Okay. Sounds Why would good. you go to that truck? It's a nice truck, Dean Gaucho. It was. It was a really nice truck. So let's start going through this. The, the first few minutes are, are pretty repetitive and, and very deliberately so. It, Matt, oh, I love the I love this cold opening so much. It might be like my favorite cold opening. Just because, uh, did you did you know what was going on? In this I, no, I did not until like until he mentioned it. Like I've been doing not until the very yeah. end when he mentioned it. No. Yes. Yes. Realize. It's it's just well, Matt, I realized the camera. I, I realized the camera thing. What he was doing. Right. Like yeah. The and that's how we open is him watching video footage of Mary sleeping, and then he goes through their daily routine. Uh, turns on the same song every day. The, this I don't know what song it is actually, but the very first lines are "There's a reason," which I mean that you can stop there because that explains everything that's happening. I was like, <laughs> Like Jesus, this man is so boring. <laughs> like every day the same thing. I was like, "This is yep. wow, this is terrible." Yeah, exactly. And then I was like, "Oh, okay." But it it is interesting to watch him each time. It, he he changes each time that we see it. Uh-huh. You know, you can especially see it when he's emptying the catheter bag in the toilet. Like the the look of disgust kind of changes and, and gets more disgusted each time. Uh, you can definitely see it uh, in church. Mm-hmm. Oh. By the way, did you catch in church? I love this. Uh, w- one of the times that they show him going to church, uh, he's handing out flyers. Yes, and it's um, Evie. Yes. Yeah. But, and we talk about it later. Yeah. But it's Matt handing out flyers again. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt's always, Matt always likes to get back on that flyer grind. Yeah. It's his calling. It is. It's, it really feels like it. You know, it's, it's the lotion on the hands. It's going to the... The pastor's m- like, we need to get flyers for Evie, say no more. <laughs> you fi- you you told the right person. I Matt am- wasn't even in the room. He sprinted in. Did someone say flyer? <laughs> that would be hysterical. I'd love to see that. But the other stuff that we see is him lotioning up her hands, uh, going to the butcher shop, making smoothies. He's a goat person too at some point. Oh yeah, well, at, at the meat market, right? He, yeah. he the goat, the guy with the goat walks by at the meat market. He's always walking. There are more goats in this episode too. Yeah, the camera, the camera panned at him as he walked by. So I'm like, oh, you know what? When's this guy coming into play again? This guy's yeah. going to do something. Next episode. Oh, really? oh okay. <laughs> Next episode. Yeah, yeah. Next episode. A, a lot of that is going to be explained. Actually. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, the you know the does, guy does Matt have goat powers? I wonder. <laughs> Bird powers before. I don't know. I don't know. But there are more goats by the end of the episode, too. Like, multiple mm-hmm. goats. Yep. And the goats arguably help him. So I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Matt always, always has a special connection with animals 
in these episodes. In season one, Two Boats and Helicopter, it was the pigeons. And yeah. this, this episode, um, maybe it's the goats. Maybe. I think you can make an argument for the goat. Yep. Uh, there's only one time in the episode, though. Hmm. What What's only one time in the episode? There's only one time you get helped by a goat. Yes, that's so. true. But in season three, one could make the argument that there has never been more prevalent <laughs> animal issue in that than there is in that episode. He goes full Snow White. Oh man, <laughs> it is something. When we will, we'll see it eventually. But we are not close to that yet. So, anyway, you can see Matt getting more frustrated each time until finally he like confronts her, like angrily confronts. I know her. he snapped. I was like, oh my god. Oh yeah, and and he he yells at her basically. You know, <laughs> I do the same thing every day, and it's not working. You know, and as he's like yelling at her, and he like grabs her chin and tilts her t- head toward him so that he can, because he keeps saying, "Look at me, give me something, give me a sign." And and uh, here he is with the signs again, "Give me a sign." Uh, but when he does that, he's suddenly mortified because he realizes that the camera is recording him doing all this and interestingly to me he doesn't go back and like delete the footage he just closes the computer so that it's not recording anymore which makes me wonder if there isn't more that happened after that that we just don't get to see i took that a different way i took that as he didn't like he knows this recording but he saw more like a mirror because he saw himself in the recording because the way his Mm -hmm. laptop positioned Yep. So he saw himself in the same way someone sees themselves in the mirror, and he realized what he was doing, like yelling at his wife. Yep. And the kind, of, the kind of guy Matt is, I feel like he would be like, oh, like he realized what he's doing and how wrong it is. So he just yeah. felt, you know, bad, and he felt sad and some remorse and guilt or whatever have you. And then he just closed the laptop and maybe I, I felt he was more in shame of what he was doing. Yeah. It kind of like snapped him out of it. So I didn't, I didn't take it as that. Oh, I think like, oh, I think you're probably right. I, I I mean, I think there's, and I guess it depends on whether you believe Matt or you believe John in this episode. I love I love this dilemma <laughs> so much. This Me too. It's so good. The and, second and, it's brought up, you know, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> and every time he brings it up for the rest of the episode, the person's like, wait, what? She's pregnant. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it is really interesting to see everyone's reactions and really I mean that's that's it. If you, if you believe him, then I think you're absolutely right. He sees himself and and how how ashamed he is of it and he has to close the laptop so that he can't see himself anymore. Uh, whereas if you believe John, he maybe he closes the laptop to do something more nefarious, but I I tend to believe Matt, <laughs> but so I think you're right. I'm I'm middle of the road here. Are you really? I, I I'll tell you my theory. Okay. All right, sure. All right. So uh and that's I mean that's the cold open. So we, we, we come to recognize that he is trying to do everything the same way as he did it on the first day they were there, because that's the day that she woke up. Mm-hmm. And so he thinks that if he can reproduce that, if he can keep doing everything the same way, it'll happen again. So, but it hasn't happened. It it just doesn't seem to be working. That's the cold open. When we come back from the opening credits, they are driving over the bridge, but there's a delay. 
and uh, he 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 starts kind of having a conversation with Mary, where he plays the part of himself and I, Mary. I know. Like, that's yeah. I was yeah. the idea of him arguing with himself or arguing with Mary, and then apologizing to himself. Like, I'm sorry, Matt. You were right. That's right, Mary. Yeah, but you know, it's it's the kind of oh that's a nice way to think about it is like he he genuinely misses their conversations and so he's trying to simulate that but the the darker way to think oh, about oh, that yeah. is that maybe this is something he does a lot and maybe he does it so convincingly sometimes that he believes that mary woke up yeah oh yeah that's definitely the i i like to imagine because i think it's funnier mm-hmm. and just i like i like this more in the plot than Mary actually woke up. I like to think that Mary has never actually woken up. Mm-hmm. And that she's just, has, she's been in a vegetative state the entire time. Okay. And that Matt had either like a sight of it or delusion of it or whatever have you. So everything he's doing is all in good faith. He's not being nefarious in any way. Yeah. He actually believes that. It's not like he's lying to people about how he feels, but. I like to think it didn't actually happen. Just going crazy slowly. Uh, and it's interesting. I, I think that that's a, that is a definite possibility. I think that regardless of whether it's real or not, he definitely believes it. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, I think it's He's pretty... He's definitely not lying and going, oh, no, it happened. Yeah. No, I think it's pretty clear that he believes it for mm-hmm. sure. 100%. So... The, and the question is, did it actually happen? And I mean, really, whether or not it actually happened changes everything about Matt's character. Uh-huh. I love that so much, how they just <laughs> paint him into this corner of either. Yep. You, know, he's a very, you feel bad for him. He's in a very unfortunate situation. He's doing the best he can, right? Yep. Which, I mean, I guess either way you might feel bad for him. Or he's going crazy, right? Yep. <laughs> Basically. Exactly. Yeah, kind of a nut job. So. Yep, exactly. Uh, I think the conversation they have is something like, you'd think they could invest in a bigger bridge. Yeah, and, yeah, and a then, wider bridge or something. Oh, but Matt, that would cause the town to lose its authenticity. <laughs> it's, so something like that. Anyway, there are, the reason that there's a delay, well, one of the reasons that there's a delay is that there are runners trying to get in, get across the bridge to get into what a brute force way to run in just run right over the bridge oh yeah well you know you figure if there's enough of you running in certainly yeah if, if you throw enough at it yeah someone's gonna sneak through and that's kind of what happened right kind of but i think we see that person later so they didn't get yeah. too far yeah so it, but it is it is interesting to think it's that a valid strategy you should have had more though yes <laughs> not prepared enough for that strategy yeah yeah. But anyway, the reason that Matt and Mary are in the car is because they're on their way to a doctor's appointment. They have Mary's semi-annual brain scan to see if her brain activity has changed. And they ask him specifically, has there been any change in her behavior? And he doesn't really answer the question. He yeah. kind of diverts it. You know, the, 
and says something like, we check this every, every six months, you know, you can, you send the results to our doctor in Mapleton, but he never really says he, well, he certainly never tells them that she woke up. Yeah. He does demand the coat or he wants to know the price of the copay too. Right. This copay is <laughs> a big deal to him. Understandably, I imagine it's pretty expensive. I mean, I, I don't know how expensive it is. I, you know, it's. Yeah. I don't know how expensive. I don't know how good his insurance is. Yeah. Um, how does he even have insurance, quite honestly? Yeah, I don't know if he's employed by the church at all. I mean, maybe he... I, I, like, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know how that... I, like, yeah. I yeah, really know. Yeah. Maybe Mary had insurance and there's some kind of legal loophole that says they can't drop her because she's... Like, she can't go back to work. Oh, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, though, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but the copay certainly is a big deal because whether he doesn't have insurance too, I, yeah, man is worried about the copay. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And while the scan is happening, he's in the, he's in the bathroom and he drops his phone in the toilet, which <laughs> I can't, I, I can't believe how many times he tells people this. I, I like, I like when he, when, while he was peeing, I wrote down a lot of peeing this episode, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> pee this episode, just because he saw Mary and everything that pee. Yeah, that's true. And then he dropped his phone in the pee. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And he and he's sure to tell anybody who will listen that he dropped his phone in the toilet. Hmm. Anyway, he could just say, my phone's not working, my battery's dead, it's whatever. My phone broke. But he makes sure to tell everybody dropped it in the toilet. Well, you know. Yeah. Anyhow, that's as far as uh, we get to see in the hospital before he's on his way out of it with Mary and the nurse quickly pulls him back in because somebody needs to talk to him about the results of the test. So when they do this, obviously, right, they're, mm-hmm. I, they're trying to bait the audience. That, oh, her brain's so much better. She's, yeah. she's making a full recovery. And so when this happened, I was like, hmm. No, there's no way that's what's going on here. There's something else. There's something else. I don't know if it's good or bad news, but something else is going on here. Right? Uh-huh. I was just su- suspecting bad news. Like, you know, this is a bait, total bait. There's no way this show would do this. Yeah. Because then that almost, then that almost like proves that Matt saw her, right? And I know yeah. it's supposed to be questionable, so I was like, yes. maybe not proof, but it's pretty circum- good circumstance, circumstantial evidence uh, that Matt saw her. So I was yep. like, mm. no. So I was questioning of this. I was very questioning of this. I didn't fall yeah. for the bait. I was proud of that. Yeah, and it. I mean, it turns out the news that he gets is could be taken as good news or bad news, depending on your perspective. Good for Matt. <laughs> he, I mean, he seems elated. I mean, what? So, I mean, the reason he's called in is because he has to sign this. Uh, waiver uh, of liability because they said they never would have administered the contrast dye for the scan had they known she was pregnant, but they didn't ask if she was pregnant because she's in a vegetative state and she couldn't give consent to anything. (laughs) The guy is very clear. Anything. (laughs) Master's smiling ear to ear looking at Mary like, ha. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that didn't. No, 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 no. I would never. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's so dismissive of it. He's like, of course not. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but, what? What a terrible yeah. one! You, you stupid fool. <laughs> but to anybody else on the outside looking in, that's what it looks like. It looks like he raped his wife. Yeah, and I, I think it's more interesting to think of it that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. 
I, I could take your point there. It makes him a more complex character. Because Matt doesn't feel like he did. No. But outside uh, looking in. Definitely but wait, looks that way. I love this guy with the bolo tie who's who's going over this paperwork with him. Well, yeah, he's like in a court of law under oath. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I, he's clearly so disgusted with Matt, but he's got to do this job. He's got him <laughs> to sign the paperwork, yeah. Yeah, and it's... You know, it's a wonder he didn't turn Matt into the authorities. Actually, I'm I'm a little surprised that he didn't. It seems like Matt would have been turned into the authorities if this had actually happened. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so Mary's not capable of giving consent to anything, but <laughs> Matt insists that she was awake and he would never have sex with her uh, in that in that vegetative state. Uh, but the guy really just wants the signature. He ultimately gets it, but Matt wants his copay back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so much. <laughs> Which is hysterical. I, and I'm not sure what justification Matt has for why. Exactly. He... I don't know why he demands his copay back. Yeah. They want him to sign his paperwork because they were uninformed about her pregnancy. Yeah. And I don't know why Matt makes this demand. Me neither. I mean, Matt is not in a position to make any demands. Yeah, it's... Matt, Matt, <laughs> Matt, if anyone's like, he's the one in the wrong. Right? Yeah. Completely. Yeah, I mean, they're doing him kind of a favor here by letting him off the hook. I'd, I'd sign that and get out of there as quickly as possible if I were him. I wonder if he got his copay back. I, I do too. I like he did. Well, he, we know that he has $400 cash mm-hmm. in the camp, but I, I don't know how much Kevin gave him. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I forgot that. I, 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 I didn't see how much Kevin. I actually don't know. That they ever told us how much Kevin gave him. They they didn't. So I, but I don't know if they showed it. I don't think. Well, I mean, did. my guess is Kevin didn't have four hundred dollars on him. I don't know. I, some people carry a lot of money in their wallet. Kevin doesn't seem like someone who carries a lot. Of I money. carry I carry probably half the money I own in my wallet at all times. So that twenty dollar bill means a lot to me. <laughs> oh man. Extrapolate that as you will. Uh, I, I yeah. Well, yeah. You're in college. <laughs> Uh, so on the way home uh matt tells mary that he's not worried about the 90 percent chance of miscarriage as long as they're in miracle and this is the kind of the theme of the episode this is the drive gotta get back in yeah this is the driving force behind everything matt does for the rest of the episode we have to get back into miracle because mary and the baby will be safe there this 90% chance of miscarriage means nothing if we're in Miracle. But if we can't get her back into Miracle, then she, the baby is probably not going to survive. Mm-hmm. So, and it drives everything he does. Yet for some reason, yet again, he has to be the Good Samaritan and stop for the... Br- oh, car- I, I mean, this is like watching a car crash in slow motion. I think everyone knows when he's going there like, no. Matt, no. <laughs> Matt, Matt, what are you doing? Wrecking truck, no man, don't stop. Yep, exactly. Because we're only a horror movie when someone starts going out on their own. Like, no, yes, please stop, don't do it. (laughs) Oh, so painful. It's like the guy's like, when the guy starts asking, Oh, you have a you have a wristband? I'm like, No, (laughs) (laughs) why, why, where that's so low? Like, pull it up (laughs) seriously, seriously. And the, the, the clincher, though, is when he sees Mary. And he says, "Is she is she okay, or is something wrong with her? I can't remember which it is." Yeah, yeah. And Matt says she's getting better all the time, mm-hmm. which 
you can see the guy's face change when he says that because my theory on this guy is that he also feels like he needs to get into miracle otherwise you don't beat up matt you know with a wrench oh yeah this guy this guy who's apologetic oh yeah he's doing it so he's desperate i don't know what his reasoning is but when he hears that mary is doing better all the time that is just confirmation for him that there's something special about miracle and he needs to get in i took that another way of just he noticed mary's state and Mm -hmm. she's not up to par right now Uh uh-huh and so it's not a two versus one because i don't really count his kid it's a one versus one where he's got the stealth advantage yes so that's what i took that as when he went oh i could i could take both their wristbands i think both are true i think that the idea that she's in a vegetative state definitely gives him the courage to do what he's about to do. But the fact that Matt indicates that she is improving indicates to this guy that miracle is everything it's made up to be. Oh, definitely. I think, I think that's a good way to look at it too. I think, yeah. I think both. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's both. So it, it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it's kind of a great scene, honestly. Oh, it, this is a great scene. It's, it's, it's so sad to watch, but it yeah. Is a, and you can't it's a wonderfully made scene. Yeah. And you can't help but think about the the gambler in the parking lot who asks Matt for a hundred dollars for gas, and Matt, of course, tries to help him and rolls down his window, and then the guy pulls a gun on him. And you can't help but think about when Matt has this sack of money in his car on his way to pay off the bank to keep his church, he stops to help the guilty remnant who just had a stone thrown at thrown at it from a car. Yeah. And gets hit by a stone himself and knocked out for three or four days. And, and then loses uh, his church. Yeah. The same guilty heaven. And I mean, you, it's, so we've seen him try to help people, like help strangers before, and it never goes well for him. I and, want, oh, sorry. Wait, no, that's it. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. I wish you could see like a spreadsheet of like the amount of times he helps a stranger and how often it goes poorly for him. Right. Yeah. Are, are we only seeing the bad ones? Oh, certainly though, right? I, I imagine he helps a lot of people out, but like the one um uh season finale, I think it was a season finale when No yeah, it was a season finale of uh, season one where the one pastor offers to help uh Tommy just cause you had any help? Yes. Yes, exactly. And Matt does this all the time and, and he like pays dearly for it almost every time yeah so and, and the the guy beats him up with a wrench and he's apologizing the whole time that he's doing it like you said which is but he doesn't it doesn't stop him from breaking matt's wrist in order to get the oh wait that that made it from bad to worse oh, oh my yeah. god i was not expecting that because he was so apologetic and he starts smashing his wrist in yep but he says we have to get in we have to get in so oh my word yeah, so they take Mary's wristband, they take Matt's wristband, uh, and they take off and leave Matt behind, unconscious on the ground. And when Matt wakes up, it's to Mary pleading with him to get them back in. So I know that you probably land on the side of this is Matt hallucinating this, not yeah, the actual Mary talking. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I do too. Yeah, for some reason, I believe him that she woke up. This one, I don't believe, even though I'm seeing it. Yeah, well, yeah, because obviously the difference being we've seen in Matt's point of view, 
he's just been hit in the head, and we know he very badly wants Mary to speak. Oh, yeah. And he's already put the notion in his mind that... He talked about it in the car ride, you know, on the way. We need to get you back in Miracle for the baby. Yep. Garden, whichever one he said. So, Mary saying that to him is kind of what Matt already believes. Like, this all makes sense that this could come from his head, what Mary has just said. Yes. It's it's no new information. No, definitely not. Like, if Mary had told him, I think I'm pregnant, and then he got the news, then I'm like, wait, Mary's actually talking. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, but uh, unfortunately, the guy also cut the wires to Matt's car, so... They can't drive in. They have to walk in. So he's pushing Mary in her wheelchair. And this this scene uh, is very reminiscent of the scene from the Bible where this episode gets its title. So it's, it's Joseph with his pregnant wife, Mary, by the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's riding on a donkey as they go into Bethlehem. So... Here's Matt with his pregnant wife, Mary, who's riding on a wheelchair as they try to get into Jardin. Miracle. Yeah. So, and, and really, this is kind of the crux of the title, No Room at the Inn. In the Bible story, uh, Joseph and Mary finally get to an inn in Bethlehem, and there is no room for them, so they have to go to uh, a the stables and stay there and that's why jesus is born in a manger and so forth so uh this is very similar we got a, pr- a pregnant wife uh and a husband trying to get in and they can't seem to do it yeah oh. so anyway anything you want to say about that um, five mile walk that's yes that, they're about to think yeah it's, it shows a sign like five miles yeah. jordan so Yes, oh, that's right. Yeah, five mile walk. So you know, this here's this guy pushing his full grown wife in a wheelchair uh, with a broken wrist. Is there any downhill portion though? I know you don't know, but can, no, uh, I don't. Did you ride on the wheelchair? <laughs> that's that's a fair point. I don't know. I do yeah. not have to do that. Sounds fun. <laughs> so on the way into the camp we get our first glimpse of this new character named elmer we we don't find out right away that his name is elmer but we will later find that out mm-hmm. uh, i love elmer <laughs> i loved this guy Wait, is, is he a reoccurring character or no no this is his okay. only okay, yeah okay i didn't note his name down yeah you didn't know his well, name? I, I noted it later but i didn't put in my like official characters i have like an official character roster he's not on there oh okay gotcha. he didn't make the cut Nah, yeah, there's no need to memorize his name past this, but this is this is Elmer who comes up to him and basically propositions him that saying that he can get them back into Miracle and asking him how much money he has. <laughs> you never, you know, that's a bad, like, if someone's negotiating with me, they're like, how much money do you have on you? Like, they want me to give up my entire side of negotiation. Right. Elmer's like, how much, what's the total amount you could possibly go? Like, no, 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 no. Well, who is like, who's the worst situation there? The the person who says that, or the person who now has to decide how much money to say that they have. I mean, I just, I would just tell them. I'm not gonna tell you how much I have. This <laughs> is this is this, this is not how it works. Yeah. Well, 
But I guess I guess Elmore is the position of power. If yeah. if if Matt really wanted him, which I guess Matt eventually does, but I mean, my thinking is like if somebody if if I were desperate to get in, and somebody asked me how much money do you have, uh, I, I mean I don't know if I had a thousand dollars on me, which of course I wouldn't, but if I did, I would probably not tell them that I have a thousand dollars on me. Yeah, yeah, probably just say ah, enough. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would say. I'd say like I, so you don't, just don't answer. You sure you like no 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 no. Yeah, I would I mean, immediately I would immediately restart negotiations. They're like no 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 no. Give me a price. Give me a dollar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's unfair. Exactly, but I mean, I feel like this this type of thing. You don't know what the market is, and it's different for different people because there are different levels of desperation. Here, so, so if I'm Elmer, I don't want to set the price because I don't want to undercut myself. So, if I'm willing to pay a thousand, I don't want to take the two hundred that he's got on him. So when it comes to stuff like this, like almost contract desk work or one time off work, not like an employer and employee type of things, I always feel that so if it's a professional like a this person is skilled in what they do right they tell you the first price right it's, it is their own is to tell you the first like price if they're a novice or if it's like a one like they're not really like if it's just like a friend or someone who's helped you and you're going to pay them you have to give the first offer and price that's how i always feel like these things are right and so yeah. elmore seems like the expert or he's the he's the professional sneaker inner <laughs> he has to he has the smuggler the person smuggler he has to give the first price so him doing that terrible to go. i'd be like no 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 no, elmer yeah now you're you're probably right about that i i that, that would annoy me so much even if i was walking there i mean i'd probably be have the jitters because there's all these like weird people around me but mm-hmm. if i didn't have those jitters i would tell elmer no wait you tell me the actual price yeah exactly so, and I mean, this this isn't. We're not there yet, where he starts seeing all the weirdness that's going on in the camp. No, no, you know. That's later when he's, he he's walking path. by the path before you know. Exactly, and it doesn't actually turn out to matter. The negotiation does not turn out to matter here because Matt dismisses it out of hand anyway. Because he lives here, of course. Yeah, he doesn't do that. He has faith that he will get back in, and he really does. Get get the ranger on his side. If he he goes, does. I didn't think he would. I thought that was gonna be like the whole crux. I know. I, I guess it was. It's probably the specifics that he uses because I mean he he goes right down to you know we visit the community center on, on Tuesdays and Fridays on whatever street it's on <laughs> and like he he gives like very specific details about their daily life and the ranger says, okay, you gotta go to the visit- visitor center to get replacement wristbands. This is a, like a 180 for when Kevin was being interrogated by an officer or oh, whatever yeah. in the last episode where he was just, he was failing miserably. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, though, is just oozing with guilt and fear. Oh, definitely, yeah. He, he does have more to hide than Matt's just telling the truth. Matt is, is 100% confident that I live here, I have every right to be in here, this is why. <laughs> like, so it's a completely different position, but you're right, it's an interesting contrast. But Matt ends up in the visitor center where he's trying to get things sorted out, but there was a very impatient wedding party behind him. Well, I, I mean, 
I don't know how impatient the party as a whole is, but that one guy is definitely that like guy. that. That guy. Oh, he was awful. I, I'm okay with. Like, I've, I've been in line and I've been kind of annoyed by the person in front of me, but this guy's just straight. Like, you're the next one in line. Why are you so angry? You're like, like this guy is fuming with rage. Yes. To such a degree. And I don't know why when you're, like, the next one in line, especially. Like, you were right there. I know. I mean, I guess because he didn't want to be late to the wedding, but, like... Oh, no, I just assume, like, the whole wedding's coming. I don't know why this is. I... Whatever. Yeah. But he is just so nasty to Matt throughout this whole interaction. It's really, like... I mean, I have no sympathy for the guy. And but also... I've... So I didn't like the red tape here of like, okay, so do you know anyone here? He like gives the pastor, but for the reason that doesn't work. I don't know why giving the pastor's name like he didn't have the passes. Like why? Yeah. Why? I don't know why they didn't work or why he couldn't get that pastor to come help him. And when he gave like Nora, oh, they have to live here for three months. Why? Like why? Why uh, is red tape? That, yeah, I mean, I, I they are probably just way overprotective of of the place but but it doesn't you're right i i mean i guess he he was giving his name and he wasn't in the system which i'm not sure how he would not be in the system because if he's got a wristband he should be in the system yeah so i just don't know like there's no history of him not even like oh you haven't expired or like and can you just talk about how he was only supposed to be there for a week visiting and then he stayed but he had like a religious thing sanctuary or sanctity whatever it was sanctuary sanctuary okay yeah. and i just yeah I, like this, this part did bother me in the episode of i just I, they definitely did this just so the plot can move along and they can you know get to what they want to do and like this is why he can't get it and oh john has to come to help him and stuff but like that this part did kind of irk me of like what nothing really i mean maybe I guess, it's just part of bureaucracy right just a commentary i guess it's like I, I don't know. I kind of appreciate them explaining it because if they didn't do anything, if they just had him in this like detainment area of the of the place, you know, or if he just got in a fight with the guy, I, I would I'd be saying, I understand why is his name not in the system? Why can't the Reverend sponsor him? And, and what about Nora? Nora? But I still I still have that question. Why can't the Reverend sponsor him? I I think that they just kind of like blew it off. I was like, wait, what? I think the answer is there are layers of bureaucracy that he couldn't get through. <laughs> I guess and so. Just these layers in a way that makes the person behind him furious, and eventually Matt just tries to grab his documents out of his hands and gets in this relatively big fight that Matt seems to be losing badly, and he is in handcuffs now in this detainment area. Zip ties, you mean? Oh, zip ties. I'm sorry. Yes, zip ties. Zip, yes. I mean, this is the only evidence, only evidence to me, like hard evidence besides Matt, that Mary did wake up. Is the detainment center? Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. So he's got two people, one on his left and one on his right, just like Jesus on the cross, one, one on his left and one on his right. And uh, the one person on his left, says that they're at thinks that mary's pretending and, and that's a pretty good idea that's the one that was the we saw running earlier right the one that I, was that her mm -hmm. i, I think couldn't so. sure 
I thought it was because first I was saying, right? Wh- whoever's the person that fell and told them to keep running used like some sort of female pronoun. So I was looking, I was waiting for a female as a runner, and I'm pretty sure that's her. I, I you might be right about that. I like to think so, so I'm shouldn't say that because I like the continuity okay. of that. Thing. Well, I think that sounds good. We'll go with that. Yeah. So, but she thinks that Mary's pretending and thinks, oh, that's a good idea. Uh, meanwhile, the guy on his other side uh, says that he claims he says she will die mm-hmm. and this this like drives matt crazy but the guy goes on to explain she says if she doesn't get back if you don't get her back inside she will die i, I thought he said he will die oh I, the second I thought, time the first time i thought he said she the second time he said he oh that could be because mary has already referred to the baby as a he as well yeah, well, maybe I I thought the second time the guy said, oh, or he will die, as in referring to the baby. Ah, uh, that could be. I, I thought I heard she, but you might be right. Either way, I like it. We need a fact check on this now. Okay. Actually, this actually does make a big difference to me on whether how I feel about Mary's possible unvegetative state. <laughs> uh, because, if, because if it's he, then he knows that she's pregnant? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, at this point, Kevin and John show up. And this is very, oh, I love this so much. Very compelling scene. Uh, I, Kevin walks in, and you think, oh, good, Kevin's going to help him out here. And then you see John walk in behind him, and you get, simul- at least I did, got simultaneously optimistic and pessimistic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, was, I was getting ready for a duel here. Yeah. It's like, oh, if anybody can get him out of here, it's John. For oh, sure. yeah. I was I, I was positive he's getting in here at this point. I was like, oh, okay, he's getting in. Yeah. We're back, we're back in Miracle, baby. So. Right. <laughs> so if anybody can get him back into Miracle, it's John. Especially the way he entered in. It was like, what are you doing? Why do you got him cuffed? <laughs> Just like, right. he commands, like, freeing him. Yeah. He's, he goes, what are you afraid he's going to baptize you? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god! So, so that part had me very optimistic. But then, my there's another side of me that's like, oh man, that John and Matt are diametrically opposed. It's like a jack and a lock kind of situation, huh? Yeah, yeah, but even more pronounced. But definitely, yeah, because they work together. These guys, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Matt explains uh, that why that because of course. John has to know why they were in Austin. Was it Austin? Okay. I, I, I don't know where they were. But I why they were. Yeah, wherever. Matt, John has to know why they were there. And Matt explains that they were there for her semi-annual brain scan to see if her condition had changed. And John says, well, did it? And now we know that Matt better say no. Oh, yeah, certainly. That is probably like, oh, no, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, Matt Matt says, "I'll burn your shed." It's it's this huge relief. I'm like, "Phew!" Oh, he he was savvy to what John was asking. John wasn't really asking, "Did it change?" He was asking, "Are you gonna claim that miracle is saving her?" Oh, are you saying there's a miracle in miracle? Yeah, exactly. But then John drops the bomb. You know, other than the fact that she's pregnant, and it's like. Oh no! Oh, oh, yeah. When he says that, I'm like, how does he know? 
Is he yeah. bluffing? There's no way you can make a bluff like that. He knows. Yeah, exactly. But he's got this paper that, that shows it, and Matt accuses him of going through Mary's bag. John says it fell out of the bag, and a ranger picked it up. I, I mean, there, I don't think there's any way to know what really happened. I like to think he just went through the bag. Yeah, I, I mean, that's my guess. I mean, it would definitely be within his character to do that. But regardless, he knows that Mary's pregnant, and that is not a good thing. And, and then Matt does the exact wrong thing. I mean, he's already in hot water here. And he says the exact wrong thing. I need to get her back in. And then it sets John right off. Because why would you need to get her back in? Why is she any better off in there than out here? Which, by the way, Matt could have covered that up very easily by saying, all of her medical equipment is is at home. Like I, and, and there's also like, John's probably real sketched out about Matt after reading that she's pregnant, as everyone else is whenever they oh, hear the sure. news. Sure. Pregnant? What? Huh? Weird. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, but Matt or Matt says that he needs to get back back in. John says why. And then he asks him outright, did she wake up? And Matt doesn't answer him right away. But so he he tells Matt the exact story that Matt believes. I know. He <laughs> read Matt like an open book. He's dealt with many of these people before. <laughs> yep. I mean, it is exactly what Matt believes. He tells it to him. But he then tells him that that story is not true. And that's just, and that's the only story that the story that he needs to tell people is that he was sad, he was lonely, and he's very, very sorry for what he did. <laughs> Oof. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I, he, I, I love it so much. I know. Like, Matt swallowing. Matt, Matt knows what's going on. He's swallowing his pride. He's taking his lumps. Yep. He's going to get in. Good for you, Matt. I was, I was so happy. I was so proud of Matt. <laughs> yeah exactly but it, he says john says people don't get healed here and then he references his own wife who lost her hearing and has never healed and then he says which is god like like your wife more than mine and, uh, and i mean we get kind of a sense of the bitterness that john has about this we get a, a sense of the source of it that you know, he's got a wife who's hearing impaired. He's got a daughter with epilepsy. And therefore, miracles don't happen here. Well, I didn't know if that was exact. Well, I mean, he cited that as a thing. But when Matt brings up, what what hurt you, Matt? Or not Matt, what hurt you, John? Oh. oh yeah. So curious. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm and assuming what, we're going to find out. Well, we are going to find out mostly. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's definitely some left up for interpretation there, and I have some theories, but I mean, they, they definitely, they don't give you nothing. They, they, they do give you something there. But he, that story that he tells Matt about being sad and lonely and confused and very, very sorry, he, he tells him, I'm going to help you because I owe Kevin, but that's the truth. That's what happened you you need that's the story that you need to tell people 
And of course, when John says the truth, he means the same thing with Matt that he meant with Isaac. The truth means what John wants to hear, not what you believe actually happens. I know. Yeah. So when I say you're going to tell the truth, I mean you're going to say what I want you to say. John is such a demanding man. Oh. Oof. But Matt goes along with it, like you said. But he just, he cannot just go quietly along with it. Yeah, he has to question John, you idiot, Matt. Yeah. Oh, I love I love John's response, though. Just. Oh, I know. I know. You know what, what happened to you? Why are you so angry at this place? And what, did, uh, what does John say? He says, uh, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be able to help you with those wristbands after yeah, all. Yeah, can't get those wristbands after all. Oops. Yeah. It just walks off. Oh. Oh. So here's here's another kind of plot hole point of just maybe I guess Kevin doesn't know Matt's phone isn't working so maybe that's it but like this is where Kevin could have helped and plotted with Matt but instead I guess he ran off with John or no but down the line we see Nora and Kevin make another appearance but maybe I guess they didn't think of that so never mind not too much okay yeah but Matt, Matt doesn't even seem worried that John isn't going to help him. He he tells Kevin, you know, I, I he's confident that they can get back in. Oh, yeah, because he meant Elmore. Elmer, yeah. Elmer, sorry. Like the glue. Yeah. They... <laughs> yep. Yes. Now we get to see the camp. Oh. The camp I mean... with random crazy. How do you think they come up with this stuff for the camp? I, that's a great question. What the heck is going on? Like, it's just like some people are naked, some people are wearing suits. Uh, we've got like the guy in the stockades who's naked. There's like every brand of religion represented, and then on top of that, there's like uh, people. Uh, I, I don't know, like sunbathing. There's like. It just everything you can think of is going on in this camp. The, the camp is wonderful. It's it's really is it's, this she's the repent guy, right? No, well, yeah. The repent guy is the guy in the stockades. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You said that. Yeah. He says stockades. Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 And the, and he's he says he's staring at this repent guy who's naked in the stockades, and this woman says to him, "Do you want to free him?" Yes, of course I do. And she says, "Then take him, please." Take his place. Which so, is this like a Job's reference or what reference? There's got to be some sort of reference. I, I I'm not familiar with this reference. I I haven't been able to to find anything in Job that is representative of this. I love I love how they I know they referenced Job before, but here they give the they give the direct Job oh, yeah. reference. Yep, I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's coming up in just a minute. But yeah. Matt doesn't take his place right away, but because he hesitates, this, the woman says, yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. So we don't know what this guy did or why he's up in the stockades. We have no idea. But we know that Matt, the only chance Matt has of getting him out is if he replaces him in the stockades. I like to imagine that um, like someone must always be in the stockades. And the only way you get in the stockades is by taking someone else's place. Yes. So <laughs> that's just it. It's like that guy that we see up there took someone's place. Yep. That is all. 
that that's that that could very well be but i do think that you only volunteer to take someone's place in the stockades uh, if you have a certain level of shame or guilt that you feel like yeah he's gonna you deserve punishment yes you need some to atone for something so but that's not happening yet it's gonna happen he's gonna come back here but in the meantime he goes to find elmer and he he does eventually find elmer but elmer will only i mean this is where he tells elmer that mary's pregnant and (laughs) elmer's reaction is classic too it's like she's pregnant (laughs) and it's like of course she matt matt thinks nothing of it and he'll tell anybody and he, how has he not figured out yet that this is a problem? Yeah, this is not something you want to go talk to people about. I also really hopes that, that, you know, so will that be a discount? No. Right, is that a discount? And Elmer's like, still, still a thousand. <laughs> I will yeah. do it for a thousand. <laughs> yep. Yep. But Matt has only $400. So he needs some money. And he prays, he, he prays with Mary for God to show them a way in. And when he opens his eyes... There's a cross right in front of him. Yeah, wooden cross. Yep. Yep. And so he, he goes to that cross, and there he meets someone named Sandy. Mm-hmm. And Matt tells Sandy the, the, story, the story of him and Mary and asks her for $500, which I was immediately like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, I was like, hold up. I know he had $400 and some change. I didn't keep full track of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, why not 600 or 599 or yeah. four. 36 however much more you need why why are you shorting exactly <laughs> this makes sense to me if you're gonna be a bear be a grizzly just ask for it all <laughs> yeah but she she wants uh she basically quizzes him to yeah find- and by the way i just have to say this the fact that he asked for 500 bucks and she's just like we both know this is a bad negotiation for poor man like she would have gone higher that's all I know. Because yeah. she didn't she did not try working him down at all. I was like, okay, five hundred. Yeah. So if I was mad, I'd be like, damn it. Should have <laughs> should have asked for more. <laughs> or yeah. like what? Oh, anyway. Yep. But she she she's gonna quiz him because she thinks if he's actually a man of God, then he can help the uh, her. So she wants to know what denomination he is. He's Episcopalian. She wants to know where he went to seminary. She wants to know his favorite book of the Bible, to which, of course, he answers Job. Yes, uh, she asked the interesting question, what was Job's wife's name? And this is the real clincher to, to, to let her know that he's truly a man of God, because he, Matt tells her she isn't named and she speaks only once. And she and what she says is, uh, dost uh, thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. And I, love I love that quote for Matt in this episode. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. he still an integral person? Or, yeah. This is his integrity, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, no? Yeah, and this, so I did look up uh, where this occurs in Job, and this is after God allows Satan to basically do all but kill Job. <laughs> anything he wants, but he can't kill him. Is this and, Old Testament or like? Uh, this, um, 
I actually don't know if this is Old Testament or New Testament. I have no clue. I just I just always know the joke of Old Testament God is a much harsher person. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. He's pretty harsh, but, you know. Yes. So, it, it, this, is, this happens right after Satan uh, afflicts Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. And then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. And that's when his wife says to him, are you, do you still maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. <laughs> like, Oh, it's not even the full quote they said in the episode. Yeah, it is. Dost thou still retain that integrity? Curse God and die. So it's, it's like his wife is telling him to curse God and then die. <laughs> it's not... Only time she talks in the book of Job's. Yes. Wow. How, yeah. how, how long is the book of Job? It's not that long. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm not sure exactly how long, but it's not like... It's, it's not like a, one of the Gospels. It's, it's oh, okay. yeah. So curse God and die. Uh, but of course, I mean, that's the point of Matt. He will never curse God. Like he, he, it's not in his DNA. He has to believe. And so no matter how bad things get, and, and this is another example of, you know, just like Job, he's, everything's being taken away from him. And no matter how bad things get, he maintains his integrity. He maintains his faith and he passes this test, but she'll only give him the money. If he, like she pulls out this guy named Reggie and an oar and tells him that she'll only give him the money. If he hits Reggie as hard as he can with the oar and yell Brian while he does it. Amazing. (laughs) Gold. That's what I expect from premium television. <laughs> I just like it. It's it's interesting, but what the hell is going on? <laughs> I love it. I uh, look. I, I wish you could see an episode where we see their side of the story. Like if we oh. if we saw another Tommy Laurie episode where it's just them and like we see these two in some way, <laughs> like chilling around and. Just, just, just a nod to why this occurs, or just some other wacky stuff they do. But anyway, I, I, I'm okay with it. I, I, I wish, crazy people. I'm cool. I wish we, I wish we could. Um, I, I will tell you that Sandy, we will see Sandy again. Oh yes, yes, Enjoy Sandy. And, and you'll be shocked when you see her again. But we will see her again. But I, the part that I keep getting stuck on is, like, I can kind of understand. The or because she said you're a man of God, it'll count if you do it. So I, I can kind of understand the or thing because we do have to remember like the reason that these people are here is because of the departure, and it's like we don't even think about the departure much anymore. Mm-hmm. But Jardin is the place where nobody departed. So all these people are here because they have some connection with the departure. So we know the feelings of guilt that people who remained after the departure feel. We've seen it in Nora. We've seen it in Kevin. We've seen it in Lori. We've seen it in so many, like the entire guilty remnant. So 
we've seen that. So my guess is that this Reggie feels some deep levels of guilt or like he's responsible for something and needs to be punished for some reason. But he needs Matt to hit him as hard as he can while yelling Brian. And I have got to ask you, Kurt, like, does Damon Lindelof have something about the name Brian? Why do you say that? Because if we look at Lost, Shannon's Australian lover <laughs> oh, was okay. Brian. And, and like in back-to-back episodes, there was that. And there was, was it back-to-back episodes? I think it was. I, I don't know if yeah. it was back-to-back, but, I, uh, I, but there was another guy named Brian. Right, it was Mike's girlfriend. So Walt's mom's husband. Walt's, yeah, Walt's stepdad. Dad. Walt's stepfather was also named Brian. And they were like in back-to-back episodes. And so, so I, like, I, it's blowing my mind. I need to know what Lindelof's connection to the name Brian is because it's everywhere. He just likes to name. His son is also named Brian. I wonder if that's true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up, I'll look up right now. Okay. I don't even know if he has a son, but I'm just going to guess. Damon. I don't know either. But anyhow, he's got to hit Reggie with this paddle or this oar and yell Brian. I don't think he has a son. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, well. If he did have a son, he'd name it Brian. That's all we know. Yeah, probably. But anyway, as Matt's getting ready to hit this guy, there's like a crowd starts to form and they're really goading him on, but he doesn't hit Reggie very hard. He certainly doesn't hit him hard enough to satisfy anybody. And, and he forgets to say the name. And the whole time that he's he's doing this, Reggie is like pleading with Sandy. And I don't know if they're mother and do- uh, mother and son or, or what, but Reggie's pleading with Sandy. Why won't he say it? He's not going to do it. Why won't he do it? And finally, I mean, the, the crowd and Reggie and Sandy just push him so much that Matt, smacks him so hard with the oar, yells Brian, breaks the oar over Reggie's back, and Reggie goes down. Rip. Oof. <laughs> yeah, poor Reggie. I lo- I lo- he wanted it, so good, good for Reggie, I guess, too. Yeah. But I love Matt's line, was that hard enough, or do I need to get another oar? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Matt's it's- hardening up. Matt's, I'm waiting. Matt's gonna go rogue. I hope he go. I'm, I'm waiting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, we know where he ends up at the end of this episode. So, I mean, is that rogue enough for you? That's the start. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm excited. <laughs> so, that's. We know that it was hard enough because he ends up with enough money, or he he ends up getting the money, and he goes back to Elmer. And Elmer says that he's short $60, but he's going to take him anyhow. Mm-hmm. And he takes them to a large drain pipe. Big enough for people to fit through. And he gives them some bolt cutters and a lantern. Yeah. <laughs> and says, yeah, I only you only pay me to, to show you how I'm not going through with you. I'm not walking with you or whatever he says. I can't remember. <laughs> This seems like a, a a huge security thing that that would have been taken. I know how did, like 
surely they must understand, okay, there's this massive drain pipe or whatever have you. Hmm. Let's throw a lock on it and I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, yeah. Really? Like, you can put, like, pretty strong grates in there. You can do a lot of things to protect that, but nope. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's also kind of sus to me as well. I don't know if they do this to protect it or if this is just something that happens naturally. Matt and Mary do not make it out of that thing because they get washed out by some flood of water. Oh, I love that flood too. Yeah. That is so funny. Except for she drops the lantern. I thought that was hysterical. Like, oh, poor mm-hmm. Matt. I dropped the lantern. He's like crying. And then they just come whirlpooling out. Yep. This has just been a terrible day. Like, he's kind of oh. lost his car on the side of the road. Yeah. You know, God knows what happened to that thing. Now, like, there goes Mary's wheelchair. Yep. I don't know how much those cost, but I'm sure those are expensive. I don't think they're cheap. Oh, yeah. And, ah, just, just terrible. Yeah, I mean, I have so much sympathy for him on this day. This is, this is just awful. Oh. This is awful. But, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say I have so much sympathy for him because if he actually did have sex with Mary without her waking up, then I wouldn't have any sympathy for him at all. But, but he didn't know. He thought he thought she was awake. He, he believed it. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. It was it. really bad. It's really bad. I love this next part where he just goes and sits in a chair outside somebody's trailer and the, the guy comes to the door and just kicks him out. It's like I know they just added that in just to show how hostile the environment is. Yeah, you literally got kicked off somebody's porch, <laughs> and it's, I mean it, it's probably another metaphor for there's no room at the inn. Yeah, yeah. They they can't find a place to stay, but luck as luck would have it, Nora finds them. Yeah. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. Nora came looking for her brother. Yeah. Nora is a good girl. Oh, how sweet. I mean, we've seen this from Nora with the people that she loves. Like, she will uh, she will cover up for them. She will fight for them. She will do what she has to do. Nora's like, how much do you got? <laughs> yeah, but, but Nora finds them uh, and tells Matt that he and Mary need to get into the trunk of their car, but they're searching trunks, so this is a problem. But Nora says, don't worry, they're not going to search our truck because somebody called in an anonymous tip that the missing girls were spotted uh, near the encampment. <laughs> and I-, I love this because we know this came from Nora. Yeah, you say it's anonymous. Yeah. But she won't admit it. No, it's anonymous. <laughs> we know it. We know it. Who? Wait, who is that? Who is who? It's anonymous. You don't know who did it. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> I guess not, but yeah. So when so they have them sit in the trunk on their way in. And I I based on how everything went so far, I was like, this is not gonna go well. Surely. Like they're gonna get found out. Maybe they're gonna get bribed or something, or like I have no clue what's gonna happen here. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe what Matt's gonna do is like you know how a uh, cars, you know, uh, can have a can have a spot for their tire, yes. tires like underneath, right? The trunk. What mm-hmm. if they snuck Mary in there? Matt's on top. They find Matt. Ah, oh, we found your hidden person in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Get lost, loser. And they drive in with Mary. Yeah, 
Except I, I, I don't know if they would just, like, I don't know how common it is that people try sneaking in trunks. Like, <laughs> it's, I mean, it must be common enough that they, yeah. they check them. I, well, I don't know if it's like, so if Kevin and Nora get caught with Matt in the trunk, if it's like, shucks, he must have just snuck his way in there and we weren't looking. Yeah, it's okay, guys. Happens a lot. Move on. After like, you guys hit that guy. We're gonna search your entire vehicle now, which I feel like is probably what would happen now that they would yeah. search the whole car. <laughs> they would just be like, ah, got you there. Well, keep going in, guys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Plus, I'm I wouldn't be shocked at all if John put the Rangers on notice that this guy with his vegetative suit wife are not to be let back in. Ah, uh, that that is a spiteful move. But would you put it past him? No, nah, I don't think John would do that. He's got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sounds like, eh. Meh. Okay. Well, nah. well anyway, they do put them in the trunk. They, they do end up in the trunk, and Matt, it's a pretty romantic scene. He talks about how they were together in that, he says, in that, that single sleeper car on the train. Uh, in Frankfurt in Germany uh, and that he starts reciting uh, Yeats poem to her that she that he was reciting to her at that time and it's also very very nice until there's a sudden stop and Nora lets them out of the trunk because there's been an accident Uh, there's a flipped car and a bunch of dead goats in the road so this, this herd of goats has caused this car to flip, and it turns out that it's the guy who took the wristbands. Aha, karma. Yes. Anti- Strikes hard and in quite excess. <laughs> yeah, right? You break my wrist and take my wristbands, you die. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but Matt asks uh, Nora to take care of Mary at this point. You know, they, they, they clear the goats out of the road. They're ready to head back into town. And Matt says, will you take care of Mary? And he, the reason that he gives for not going back with them is because he says, I shouldn't have to hide. Which, yeah. I love this. This is great. Well, I, I, well, the reason, so they tease the fact that he could have gotten a second, his other wristband back because, you know, when he goes over loots the guy's wristband that is now deceased. Rightfully so, I guess. He mm-hmm. looks over and he sees the kid just out there. And the kid is like, you know, handing back the wristband. Yes. So, like, I wonder why Matt just didn't keep it and then give it back and then give the kid back to him, the guy. Because that that is his wristband. It's not like he's being like, yeah, illegal about it, and I'm sure the kid would still get help. I don't think Jonathan's going to be like orphan kid, send him out. <laughs> get rid well, of him. I think that for Matt, and I, I had that same thought the first time I saw this. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is he leaving Mary and going to go back and hang out in the camp? And why isn't he going back to Miracle? There's his wristband right there. And the the way that I reconcile this is, well, he I mean, he kind of says it. I shouldn't have to hide. He recognizes that if he goes back in, John's not going to leave him alone. Fair enough. Yeah, John is. That is true. We saw what happened to Isaac. Yeah. There's no. There's no clearing his name, or there's no way for him to get back in until he can clear his name. So he's 
I, I think he's hoping that Mary wakes up and that clears his name. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. And I actually really love that because I think he's absolutely right. Like, he, there's not a life for him in Miracle right now, but there is for Mary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, John's not going to go after Mary. No, no. She's done nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so... I love the I love the montage at the end when he's just walking off, just uh, hard as nails, walking down the bridge. Uh, oh yeah, and it's... they show that Nora knows how how to take care of Mary. Yeah, all the same stuff. I, I love it. First radio. Before before that, I, we get a scene that I love maybe as much, maybe I don't know. I do love that montage at the end, but but. Before we before he gets to that point, he's walking down the street with this boy holding his hand, the 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 child, the boy, the son of the the dead guy in the car, who took the wristbands, and he gets stopped by John, and Matt spills everything to him. Mary woke up, and I will never say otherwise. And I uh, found she found her wristband. And she's back inside. But then he says, but I don't want your wristbands. I have no doubt she'll wake up again soon. And when she does, I'm going to come back and you and I are going to have a talk. <laughs> I know. He's taking power back. Yes. I love this. It's like, yeah, I'm, there's no life for me in there because you're going to make my life miserable. And, and that's fine. I just won't live here. I'm going to be proven right. And then we're going to have a little chat, you and I. Huh. I, John doesn't even say anything back this whole exchange. Nope. Nope. He's going to stare. There's nothing, there's nothing to say. What's he going to say? No, Mary can't come back in. No, Mary's Mary's fine. Mary's not the problem. So, uh, you know, you got to you got to leave. I'm leaving. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, like, it's like he has silenced every possible thing that John could have said. He's left the door open with John. We're going to talk about this. But on my terms, not yours. I love it. really is. Yeah. And he gives John the boy because he knows that John's not going to hurt this kid. That... I don't know. I saw we do with that bat. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. He burnt down a house. Yeah. Houses don't even talk. Yeah, it's true. You're right. This is just a kid, though. I don't think John's going to hurt this kid. But but John doesn't even say anything. Just lets Matt go. And then, then comes the final montage, which this this song is one of, this was one of my favorite songs before I even saw this episode. It's uh, Regina Spectre. I don't know if you know Regina Spectre at all. I don't know what that is. Oh, she's one of my favorites. I love her. And this song is amazing. It's called No One or it's called Laughing at God. And the lyrics are things like, No one laughs at God in a hospital, no one laughs at God in a war. Uh, but God can be funny when he's portrayed as like a genie who will grant your wishes or make you rich. Like that's that's when people laugh at God, but no one laughs at him when things are hard and get serious. So it's, it's a beautiful song. I love it. And it suits Matt to a T, but you're right. You know, this is, we, we see Nora 
going through Mary's routine. She knows how to do it. So we know that Mary's in good hands. And Matt goes back to that stockade and tells the woman, I want to free him. And she says, why? And he says, because it's my turn. And then he strips naked and releases the man and replaces him. I wonder how long he'll be up there for. A long time. Are you, are you serious? Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay. Wow. I, I was hoping to see something get thrown at him. Like, they show that and he just, it's like tomato. Yeah. yeah. No, he, but, but he says it's my turn. So uh, I guess, what do you, what do you make of this idea that he's replacing this guy in the stockade? Is it just about setting that guy free or does he feel like he deserves this punishment? I think he feels like he deserves it. For what? Uh, maybe this bad stuff's happening to him for a reason? Is what he feels uh, like? Or maybe um, he blames himself for that man's death? Uh-huh. The, the lineage kind of goes, if he never stopped to help that guy, that guy probably doesn't die that day. Yeah, I mean, that's a... That's a stretch, but I don't know how much... Matt blames himself. Basically, Matt Matt did the worst thing he did that day was stopping to help that guy because he he orphaned a kid, killed a guy, broke his wrist, and kind of wrecked his life as it was right then and there uh, by stopping to help that man. So it's true, absolutely, no good deed goes unpunished. This is like especially true for Matt. Yeah, poor Matt. Every time he tries to help a stranger. When the cameras are on him, he gets, he gets destroyed. So you should just make sure whenever they're filming him, just don't, you know, just don't help anyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but th- this is a, f- a fantastic episode. It's, it's this is so- a great one. Second best of the season. Oh, you really? You think so? Better than the last. Okay. I, I still like Orange Sticker a little more, um, but, but this is a wonderful episode. I've no qualms with you saying it's the second best of the season so far. So, I'm curious for the next. Uh, so, do you go? Do we go back to Miracle, or are we going back to? We're we going back to Miracle, I presume, right? So, yeah, yeah. Large, okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know how much you want me to tell you about the next episode. It's called Lens, and uh, and it's a Nora episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nora Durst. I do want to see how she's doing, especially after. <laughs> Kevin told her out of Victor coming back. Oh yeah. I wonder if she's still paranoid, if she's pretty sure I yeah. Yeah, because she was so confident in talking to Jill that this was not a secondary departure. But then Kevin plants that seed in her. Yeah. And like yeah, she goes to Matt, we know it's really on her head, so Yeah. I'm I I'm curious. Yep, so, th- so that's, that's a Nora episode. Interestingly, episode six of season one was also a Nora episode. Hmm. So, something about episode six and Nora episodes. It was not that way in season <laughs> I was about to ask, is that... Okay, so it's not a continued trend. No. I'm waiting for the Jill episode. Ah, uh, there, there is not a Jill episode. Huh, shocked. Even in this episode, when, they, when the one time they show Jill, it's Jill opening the door. Yeah. 
Poor Jill. I know it's only been a few days. I know it's only been a few days in terms of how long they've been in Miracle, but just yeah. uh she was, never see her outside the house. Yeah, but she was babysitting Lily again because I know because they both were out to go to Matt. Yeah. Poor poor Jill. She's like, oh. Nope, she doesn't have to babysit Mary now too. Oh my god, <laughs> think about that. <laughs> oh my god, poor Jill. I was joking. Come on, guys. Yeah. No, I think uh I think Nora's got that covered. Uh, also, are we ever going to see them get jobs this season? I probably they don't. They've barely been there, and I, I don't I know don't, how long. I don't think they get jobs this season. Okay, I'm uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. I just yeah. I mean, this whole season takes place over not a very long period. Yeah, that's what I've realized. Like, I'm like this whole season of things. Unless you do like a time jump, which they might. Like the season one, a lot of time. Like most episodes, there was a time jump. Yeah. Uh, near the end, they kind of stopped doing time jumps. They had a flashback episode, yeah, but the yep. main story is no longer time jumping. But this season, no, it is very like fluid. There's time fluidity, definitely. You know, we we see yep. the same timeline just in someone's perspective somewhere else. But, yep. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's gonna be a short overall time span, like maybe a week or two, something very short. So yes, yes. Now I I will say this though about the jobs thing. Um, I'm pretty sure Nora still works for the Department of Sudden Departures. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, that's a national organization. She can do that anywhere. Yeah, but is it really useful to do that in Miracle? The place where no one's departed? <laughs> I guess I guess there's people move there and there's other stuff to be done. And she could probably leave, drive out of Miracle or something to work. But yeah, no, I just like to... She can live in Miracle and... Or admin or some bureaucracy level work. I don't know. Maybe she can Zoom people to do her meetings. I don't know. Well, I know that, I know that the DSD, like she does have some contact with the DSD in the next episode. So, I think she's still employed by them. Still employed. I'm, I'm not 100 percent on that, but I do find that funny. She's like the resident miracle, uh, case for people that have suddenly departed, but it's miracle. <laughs> she has no work. Oh, yeah, right. pretty easy. <laughs> That's a good job. <laughs> I just sit here and wait, but no one ever reports anything. Yeah. It's almost like it's a miracle. <laughs> ah. Oh, boy. Anyway. All right, well, we can... Anything else you want to say about Matt or the uh, No Room at the End? Uh, nothing more on No Room in the End, but do you think I'm going to like next episode more or less than this one? Oh, less. I mean, I think you're so in love with Matt and so, like, not in love with Nora that I don't think there's any way <laughs> you're going to like it. Between Nora. Nora and Matt, I certainly like Matt more. <laughs> I know you do. So, I don't think there's any way that you like uh, the next episode more than this one, but... Uh, it's, hard know, to, it's hard to top a Matt bottle episode. What's that? Murphy's could, it's hard to top a Matt bottle episode. The Murphys couldn't do it, and, I mean, I'm rooting for Nora, too, but... <sighs> Well, we'll see. I mean, you did love uh, Matter of Geography, and that was a, a pretty like. I mean, it was a Kevin episode, but there was a lot of Nora in that episode. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't dislike Nora as a character. So. Actually, I don't even know if we could say that was a Kevin episode because there were scenes where Nora was without Kevin in that. Uh huh. So, yeah. So I, 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 don't know. I, I think Nora is a much more interesting character in season two than she was in season one. Uh, well, I, I take that back. I don't know. Nora's... Only time will find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five more episodes. Yeah. 
and then we go to another season finale, another digit on your social security number. <laughs> Just so many things to uh, be excited for. Seriously. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to email us with questions, comments, uh, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Please uh, do leave us your five-star ratings and reviews. We'd appreciate that. Please spread the podcast in any way that you see fit to do, whether that's sharing it with friends or sharing it with enemies or sharing it with strangers. I got another idea here. Oh, boy, you got another idea. If you you work at an animal shelter or if you, for whatever reason, have animals, whether it be cat dogs, and you are selling them or giving them to other people, uh, I know some people, right, when they adopt an animal, if it already has a name, they will not rename it. Which is fine, right? Because they feel like it already has a name and it responds to it. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Name your name your pet Chillhoppers. That way, you know, anyone's ever over. So, that's all. If you're selling your pets up for someone to have, even if you own a pet and you just want to name it Chillhoppers, so that way when people are over, they're like, Chillhoppers, come here. And then Chillhoppers <laughs> comes. Everyone's like, why is the name Chillhoppers? You're like, oh. Wonderful, <laughs> you know, and then, and then now we have a reason to talk about show hoppers. So I think that is a pretty appropriate thing to do. Well, all right. Or hand out flyers like Matt. Or hand out flyers like Matt. But that takes more work. <laughs> than raising an animal? I mean, if you already have the animal, just calling it something different. Flyers, it might be like snowing or it might be super hot. Uh, you might drop them. If it's windy, that's annoying. If it's raining, you might get them all wet. A lot of factors go into it. I still like... And especially during, you know, COVID, you really shouldn't be doing that. So, Dan was just a more responsible thing to do right now. Didn't we suggest last week that people put orange stickers on their door that say show hoppers? Yeah, you mentioned orange stickers, yeah. Yeah. I think that's... Orange stickers are good. A good way to go, too. Definitely, definitely. Or bumper stickers. We've talked about that before, too. Get bumper stickers, put them on people's cars. Oh, Kurt, great idea. Wow. Great way to spread the podcast. Bumper stickers? Bumper stickers are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've said that before. I hate bumper stickers, but I would would encourage people to make bumper stickers that say show hoppers. This this requires almost no effort, no money, and you don't have to make anything. Okay, I'm very... What is this? Okay. But there is a catch to this. I, I don't <laughs> off know. as always. Okay. I don't. I don't know how many people still write checks. I know I do. But every time you write a check, in the memo section of the comment, <laughs> write show off response. Don't 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 write like the invoice number. Don't write like something no. for important so you can remember. Well, you can, but just also write show offers podcast. Yes. So that way, I don't. Do banks even look at checks really? Like, do you um, really I, check over them that hardly? No, I, I don't think banks do, but I think if you are sending them to, you know, uh, uh, certainly to a person, maybe yeah. maybe a company, I'm sure somebody is re- looking at them on the other end. What kind of show hoppers? What's that? Yeah. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I like that. All, all it takes is writing a little extra word. I might start doing that on my checks. Gotta pay my, <laughs> gotta pay my electric bill. Showhopper's podcast. Do you still write out your checks for your electrical bill? I do. <laughs> that just a sad way. I know. I, I pay a lot of my bills online, but there are some bills that I still pay by check. Why? Just just because? You just like the feeling of 
Now I'm in control. So, Not well, that machine. Here's an example. My car payments, I make them by check because they gave me instructions on how to set up an online account and I screwed it up or I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, F this. I'm just going to write checks. Okay. I always do everything online just because I... Especially for payment stuff, I never want to forget. Like all my my credit cards are set up for auto pay. Like I just yep. don't want to don't want to forget. Anyway, that that aside, <laughs> we we've gone over tangents on how you can share the podcast. Yes, please, you know, share the podcast. There's, there's a plethora, a myriad, a multitude, whatever word you want to use for that ways to share it. Yes, please. Thank you, for, folks, for listening, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week for episode six, Lens. Ooh.